The Bugatti Veyron is one of the world's most impressive production cars. This marvel of engineering has 16 cylinders, 4 separate turbochargers, and boasts over 1,000 horsepower. This means it's able to accelerate from standstill to 60 miles per hour, about 100 kilometers per hour, in well under 3 seconds. That's pretty darn impressive. What's equally impressive are cheetahs, the world's fastest land animal. These amazing examples of evolutionary engineering have bodies that have evolved for speed. With long legs, an elongated spine, adapted claws to grip the ground, and a long tail for balance, this allows them to accelerate from standstill to 60 miles per hour in under 3 seconds as well. Thanks for the cheetah stats, National Geographic. There's a cool video on YouTube called Drag Race, Formula E Car vs. Cheetah. While you check out this very cool race, Carlos is spooling up the intro. Welcome to Viable Interdubs, where we try and teach you cool things and hopefully encourage everyone to become a bit more sustainable. This is episode 30. Today, we're exploring how concepts from the business field, frameworks, can be used to increase the speed of the solutions currently being applied to sustainability. Back to the need for speed. This means that the cheetah is able to keep up with some of the fastest machines humanity produces. And we are going to use cheetahs for another one of our viable underdogs trademarked terrible analogies. Let's say that sustainability problems we humans create globally are fast cars like the Veyron. And the solutions we can apply to the sustainability problems are cheetahs. The fast cars, or problems, for the most part can kind of go as fast as they want. The cheetahs, or solutions, are not able to go as fast as they can. This is due to the communication barriers, bureaucratic, and other inefficiencies, and the other challenges we have already mentioned on this show. Basically, what we have done is taken these cheetahs, our sustainability solutions, slapped on a bunch of scuba gear on them, thrown them underwater, and expected them to keep up with these fast cars, the global sustainability problems. The solutions to sustainability are often attempted to be implemented by various large institutions or governments. These entities are not strictly concerned with sustainability, see episodes 19 and 20. Compound these issues with ineffective communication, see episodes 3, 7, 8, 18, 20, 23, 27, and 29, and you'll hopefully start to see why our analogy makes sense. On this show, we have two recurring themes that you may have noticed. We often refer back to engines and business. This has to do with how we view the planet. Here's another analogy, hopefully a good one. Let's say we have a car engine that needs to be repaired, and Carlos is the one looking to make the repair. In this case, the engine represents global sustainability. But as Carlos approaches the job, he notices some other people already making some repairs. And initially, he enjoys the help, but he comes to learn that some of these people are not experienced for this type of repair. He finds this weird, since he would expect that only those qualified to would be working on the engine. He also notices that there's no obvious leadership. 
everyone is merely doing their own thing. And what's worse, he notices that some of them are using repair manuals that are incomplete or for a completely different engine. Sometimes he notices that one tech is not fond of the previous tech's work, so they undo everything and start again from scratch. This does not appear to be very efficient, so there are communication errors present as well as inefficiency, and overall, it appears no one is really working together. Carlos is not trying to say that he could repair the engine by himself, but once these management issues are resolved, which include effective communication, solving the inefficiencies present, and encouraging cooperation, he thinks dramatic improvements can easily be made. And overall, the speed of the repair would increase dramatically. The Earth itself is an engine, see episode 28. And we treat the technical side of the sustainability crisis like we are attempting to diagnose and repair a massive engine. And we globally treat anything that slows down the process of repair as management issues that would be present in a business. A massive business. The field of business has various frameworks to address exactly these types of problems within an organization. You could equate a framework in the field of business to a scientific theory or a scientific law in the field of science. See episode 18. And just like the scientific field, the business field has its own set of laws and theories. These are called business frameworks. Porter's Five Forces provides a framework for competitive industry analysis. SWOT analyses provide a framework to examine organizational strengths and weaknesses and external environment opportunities and threats. These are fairly known frameworks, but there are frameworks available for just about any challenge that an organization can encounter. We won't leave any links. We encourage you to discuss business frameworks with management consulting experts like McKinsey and Company. We've utilized different frameworks already in this podcast. See episodes 16, 24, and 26, just as a few examples. Actually, this entire diagnostic portion of this show is in fact a business framework. See our upcoming change episode for more info. The reason we present frameworks is that we will soon be exploring a specific framework in change management. These are frameworks, or processes if you prefer, that are proven to work to enact realistic organizational change. These frameworks involve Lewin's three-step process, McKinsey's 7S, and Kubler-Ross, see next episode. The field of change management is so large that there are many more frameworks, books, case studies, and info than we could do justice in a short episode. In fact, there are a field of specialists who work exclusively in the field of change management. Many organizations, including governments, see episode 21, hire management consultants for a wide variety of reasons, including change. These management consultants are kind of like mechanics for the business world. They perform an unbiased and neutral assessment, or diagnostic, on the organization. Then they provide detailed suggestions on exactly how this organization can solve these problems. Management consultants and business experts in general have successfully transformed organizations that were on the verge of collapse. Does this possibly sound similar to where the Earth is globally in terms of sustainability? 
Using lateral thinking, which we will explore in greater detail in an upcoming episode, we can take concepts, strategies, and frameworks from the business sector, then modify and adapt them slightly to solve the issues of sustainability. Is this style of lateral thinking new? Not at all. Is combining the fields of sustainability and business new? It would appear that way. And as we have already stated, such as in episodes 22 and 24, the acceptance of new ideas can be slow. And oftentimes, the greatest challenge is finding the 2.5% of innovators to listen to these new ideas. To learn more about the acceptance and creation of new ideas, we highly recommend the book, The Myths of Innovation, by Scott Birkin. Here's a quote from the book that we really take to heart. The greater the potential of an idea, the harder it is to find anyone willing to try it. This may sound counterintuitive, since many people think that a new idea could easily change the world and yield huge profits. But we even mentioned an example of this on the show back in episode 21, when we mentioned that blockbuster video passed on the chance to purchase Netflix. Sure, in retrospect, what Blockbuster should have done seems obvious. This is known as hindsight bias. But the challenge with change is that it leads to many paths. Some paths may lead to victory, while others may lead to ruin. Some forget that Netflix started out as a mail service very similar to Blockbuster in terms of rentals. But instead of stores, they used the internet and mailed the DVDs to customers. It's still a small part of their business model. But if Netflix still made this the foundation of their business today, then would you expect them to have had the same level of success? And going back to frameworks, if Netflix is smart, they will employ business frameworks like SWOT analyses and Porter's Five Forces to reassess their strategy now that they have some pretty fierce competition from new entrants to streaming services like Disney. Scott Birkin also discusses some of the reasons new ideas are slow to gain acceptance. These include Ego and envy Some may not like the fact that they were not the ones to think of this idea, as in this podcast, and solving sustainability using business frameworks. But these ideas are not our ideas. These are the ideas of all the experts we have named and many more. Personal some may not like my voice, presentation style, or terrible sense of humor. And that's fair. I have been told that I'm not everyone's cup of tea. Priority. We are all very busy people, and we here at Viable Underdogs are adding yet another thing for people to worry about. Security. Change always comes with the risk of loss. Other reasons for the slow acceptance of new ideas include topics we have discussed at some length in this show, such as pride, fear of change, apathy, and greed. This is why we always encourage our listeners to do their own research and form their own conclusions. We hope that in doing so, we can accelerate the adoption curve of the newish idea that we are presenting, which is using concepts from the business field to address the management issues of global sustainability. Keep in mind, too, that we are expecting a percentage of people to absolutely crap on some or all of what we present on this show. Not because we're pessimistic, 
but this is just the process humanity uses to incorporate new ideas into our world. There are innovators and early adopters that immediately see the value of the new idea. There are skeptics that do their own research and likely come to similar conclusions as the ideas being presented. And then there are those that absolutely refuse to believe new ideas, regardless of how much evidence is presented to them. For an example of this, see episode 22 and the example of flat earthers. The challenge is that sustainability is short on time, and we cannot wait around for the slow adoption curve that comes with the acceptance of new ideas. Just like we stated before when exploring the idea that surgeons should wash their hands, something that is 100% not up for debate today was open to debate when this new idea was presented. Something to keep in mind if, and most likely when, the resistance to these ideas start to gain a bit of support. As we have said before, we have an upcoming episode focusing exclusively on one business framework related to change. In the next phase of our strategies, we have some other frameworks we have adopted from the business sector to address other issues in the field of sustainability. These ones, however, are a bit more complex and need to be verified by various experts prior to us exploring them with you in greater detail. We want to avoid going into too much detail prior to getting expert feedback, but they include the following Solving the communication breakdown artificially accelerating adoption curves, idea generation from the general public, public feedback and input, and strategic implementation of embedding the environment into decisions. In essence, we want to take the cheetah out from under the water, remove the cumbersome scuba gear, dry her off, and allow her to run as fast as she can. Because right now, she is caged underwater. If this cheetah represents human ingenuity on solving these problems, then we seek to uncage it. We want to strategically and methodically uncage human ingenuity. We will wrap up this episode with our favorite quote from the book Myths of Innovation. As Howard H. Aiken, a famous inventor and pioneering in computers, said, Don't worry about people stealing your ideas. If your ideas are any good, you'll have to ram them down people's throats. We here at Viable Underdogs, of course, interpreted this to mean we should start a humble sustainability podcast to strategically and globally ram our sustainability ideas down people's throats. Thanks for the tip, Howard. Cheers. Thanks for listening. As always, please share and forward this podcast. The first step towards realistic sustainability is in knowledge and discussion, and this can't happen without everyone's input. Please send any questions, comments, or magical frameworks to viableunderdogs at gmail.com. Our intro music is composed by Mark Kronowski, and the music currently playing by Jonathan Atkinson. The YouTube video we mentioned was published on November 28, 2017. The channel name is ABB Formula E. You can learn more about cheetahs at nationalgeographic.com. The article is called Cheetahs, Fast Facts About the World's Fastest Cat, published on December 11th, 2017 by Rolf Sjogren. We once again reference the textbook Management by Shermerhorn and Wright. It's not a badly written book, and we admit some of the material may be a tad dated, but overall what we're trying to make clear is that it's really not hard to locate the information we mention on these shows 
for anything that pertains to business strategies. Any decent textbook on business management will cover these concepts. As well, the book Myths of Innovation was written by Scott Birkin, originally published in 2007. Also, there's another book that we just started reading and we wanted to add in. It's called The Greenhouse Approach by Chitra Anand. It's a book on how individuals inside companies can create mutually beneficial change within their company. We're probably going to be mentioning it again in the future, but here's a quote that emphasizes our point on the slow acceptance of new ideas. The most obvious feature of a new and innovative idea is that it won't fit neatly into the structure of the status quo. We're really looking forward to reading more of the book, and we encourage those looking for ideas on proposing change, like sustainability, to do the same.